Welcome to another edition of the Tom Green Podcast. If you've been following this show, you know that I have actually been select. This show has been selected as an internship in my uh, SVSU RPW 386 class with Dr. Bill Williamson. And as for that, this is actually the last show as part of that internship. So before we introduce our guests, I'd like to thank Dr. Bill Williamson and the RPW department. As this is as tomorrow will actually be my last exam in SVSU, and I will obtain a bachelor's degree in communications and rhetoric and professional writing or professional technical writing communications with a minor in PTW. So, I'd like to thank Dr. Bill Williamson and the SVSU department for making this an internship. And as for the actual show, we will continue on, of course, after this. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have brought my guest on the show. But with that being said. We brought in a, ga- a not quite a rambling gambling man, like Bob Seeger says, but he is a gambler and a Bills fan. You ha- and being a Bills fan gambles with your frustrations, that's for sure. He is Brandon Fatsalari. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. His Twitter is at spot underscore Bills. So um, tell, tell us a little about your uh, Bills historian slash fandom oh man me and the bills we go way back my uh, parents raised us on buffalo bills and buffalo savers up in uh, western new york i'm from west seneca new york suburb of buffalo and um i'm a i'm a football fanatic and uh my first football game that i ever attended was in september of 1986 jim kelly's second ever home game with the Bills, uh, it was the Bills-Cardinals game, and the Bills won 17-14, and just ever since then, I've just been documenting, like, every single Bills moment, and, uh, you know, I love my Buffalo Bills. Very nice, very nice. In fact, in one of my classes this semester in Geo, um, I actually have some, or one of my classmates is actually from Buffalo, his name's Adam Mortuzzo, so if you know any Mortuzzos from around the Buffalo area. There's a small connection there. Also, yeah, I, I love all people. I love all people with two Z's in their last name. <laughs> it's it's Italian, just like on SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, are you speaking bird? <laughs> no, that's Italian. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I yes, I am 23 years old, and I have been watching SpongeBob since it came out when I was four. So. <laughs> It's a generational gap. <laughs> it is. It but I'll also tell you that uh, my one of my first ever NFL games that I went to, and you'll remember this very well, was Jets-Bills, and it was relocated oh. to Detroit yep. because of the snow that fell on what I still call Ralph Wilson Stadium. It's called New Era Field, but I'm always going to call it Ralph Wilson Stadium. The, the foot of snow that fell on... The sure. stadium, and it moved to Detroit. So I went free game. Why not? And I went. Sure. Yeah, you remember uh, the Bills really crushed the Jets that night too. Yes, they did, and that was under Doug Marone, which um, now Doug yeah. Marone is not having a great year in Jacksonville. But <laughs> <laughs> there were signs uh, of light that Coach night. <laughs> so moving on to our. Lions-Bills preview. First, we're going to talk a little Lions here. 
Last week, I guess it was a good thing that I was working over this game because both teams played slight. Both teams played like the thing we like, the things we like to eat with meat on them, sloppy joes. <laughs> well, you know, um, Detroit did, did two things exceptionally well in this game. I, I got to attend uh, that game uh, in Glendale. Uh, two things that I was really impressed with. Number one, you're going to you probably already experienced this watching Coach Patricia defenses is they're very good red zone defense, very good red zone defense, and that was kind of his thing with the Patriots. They give up yardage, but when it was time to clamp down, they did, and the Cardinals were very ineffective in the red zone, so that was wonderful. The other nice thing about this um, game for the Lions was um, when they had to put them away, they did so. They had that nice drive where Zenner got most of the, the carries and most of the yards. And and so when it was time for the Lions to step up and, and say, you know, we're the better football team in this game, you know, they did it. They came through. Yes, and even though, I, like I like I had said, it was it was a bit sloppy at times, but when you have def- a defense that clamps down in the red zone and, def- and when you have to finish the game, you actually do that, yeah. that – that's that's a sign of a good football team. Not, of course, we're still five and eight, so not so much a winning football team. But you have the the keys are there. You just have to turn them in the right direction. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, and they did what Green Bay couldn't do the week before, and um, you know, finish the Cardinals when they had them. Oh, uh, and that reminds me of a meme I had seen. Yes, I'm a I'm a big meme guy. Um, Rogers whispers into Crosby's ear, just miss this kick and we're free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> With Mike McCarthy being fired, the Packers actually did win last exactly. week over Atlanta. <laughs> you know what I noticed about watching the Lions this year is it seems like the opponent, the opponent's kicker all of a sudden gets terrible. The upright has been the Lions' friend this year in a big way. Holy Lord. Cody Parkey at Soldier Field hit the upright not yeah. once, not twice, not three times, but four times in the Amazing. same game. And in fact, last week Greg yeah, Zerline hit the mm-hmm. The Greg Zerline yeah. hit the pie, hit the uh, upright at Soldier Field. So there's that too, but. It's it does you're right. It seems as if every game, the upright gets hit at least once, sparking one of my famous doink tweets. <laughs> so yes, that's been and that in fact that was our that was Tory Petrie's extra point this past week. It was the 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 uprights being hit so often. So, in fact, speaking speaking of which. Um, if you ever check out my podcast Twitter, there's a huge networking thread. I'll probably tag you in it, where there I've I've met like 30 different reporters. Tori Petri was one of them, and the broadcaster for Lions Cardinals last week, Tim Brando, is another one. Tim Brando is is a is a gem. I mean, I just love when he works college basketball games. And in fact, that's when I met him was Michigan, Minnesota. This past year, I met him and Holly Saunders, and even Coach Harbaugh. Oh, that's awesome! So I'm getting I'm getting my name around, if you can see. <laughs> I love it. Good for keep up the good work. 
And as and as I said just before the the pro, before the podcast, I want to have a bachelor's degree in hand very very soon. Good man. So been working I at it for all this time. Super Bowl. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully that'd be amazing. So moving from the Lions to your Buffalo Bills. I I had said that the Lions played a sloppy game but still won. As for the Bills, it's been a sloppy year. Yeah, it's it's well, we we have a very inconsistent offensive line. We have very very inconsistent running game. You know, Lashawn McCoy's having a dreadful season by his standards. He's living up to um, his nickname. He's playing shady. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got overall we have we've had very poor um, play by our wide receivers, our tight ends. You know, a week ago against the Dolphins. Uh, Charles Clay dropped uh, pass that would have won the game for the Bills. Um, Clay has been, you know, he's been overpaid. Kelvin Benjamin was brought in to be a number one receiver. He was ter- he's been terrible. Um, so they cut him. Um, so, I, you know, but <clears throat> as far as quarterback is concerned, when Josh Allen is playing, um, Buffalo has a shot. You know, when when we we had other guys in there like Peterman or Anderson, you know, we had no. We had absolutely no shot to win those games. We couldn't even put points on the board, and we turned the ball over. So having Josh out there has been exciting. You know, if, if anything, even though we've lost the last two weeks, they've been very exciting football games. And and uh, that's what Buffalo needs. They need some enthusiasm, and he's, he's generating it. And I'll also ask you, have you ever seen uh, Family Guy? I'm, I'm... <laughs> yeah. If you remember the scene where... Um... Peter is watching this video, and it's called The Ring. And people, people keep saying, if you watch this video, you will die. And then, we, and then we see his reaction to the video. You know, his mouth is wide open. He's just sitting there cross-necked. That's kind of my reaction when I watched the Charles Clay drop pass. <laughs> I'm like, how do you drop that? That's an easy touchdown. That's a win. I know. <laughs> Well, that's kind of been would, how would, this season has gone. me is uh, losing to the Dolphins and the Jets in consecutive weeks. You know, that that's like probably for you losing to the Bears and Packers, I imagine. But, yeah. man, that was, that's hard to swallow. <laughs> Definitely. And in that way, of course, a couple years ago, uh, Detroit lost on the last play at home to Green Bay on a Hail Mary by Oh, Aaron yeah, Rogers. I remember, yeah. And I was at I was at a beat ups that night watching the game, and I'm like, "Yep, I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you from a Las Vegas perspective, though, it was a, it was a great play. <laughs> yeah, um, good teams win. I will, I will tell great you that. teams cover. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on SVP's bad beats on Sports Center. <laughs> right. Probably the best part of Sports oh Center God. now is SVP's bad beats. <laughs> Isn't it great? Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, Josh Allen. Josh Allen has established his legs a lot. Run has run quite a bit. I've seen him in the top five in yeah. rushing the past couple of weeks. Do you think he can right. continue that trend against the Detroit Lions? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the one. To me, that's been the biggest difference between Josh Allen and Josh Rosen is um, 
see play the live. Uh, you know, a lot of the running, to be truthful, has been out of desperation. And, um, you know, you got if you got to run for 20 yards instead of throw for it, then you got to do it. So, um, but I think, yeah, I think that trend continues. I think he could put up another 100 yards this week in rushing. I, I don't think Coach Patricia would mind if, if Josh Allen ran for 100. If, if you're forcing the other team's quarterback to run for 100 yards, a lot of times it's not a good thing. Even with the trend years ago with Russell Wilson and Cap running, it's it just hasn't continued. You just have you have to learn that you got you got to you got to throw in the pocket at some point. Oh, if, if Josh Allen turns into Russell Wilson, I think Buffalo will go crazy. Right, <laughs> you're right. I mean, I and yeah, I'm not discounting what whatsoever from Wilson. I mean, he said he uses legs sure. effectively, but. At some point, you're gonna have to throw the you're gonna have to you throw have to the make ball. The transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Cam has done that That's quite cool. effectively too. He's on my he's on my Super League fantasy team, which I'm facing. Uh, I'm facing three Chiefs in the semifinals: Pat Mahomes, Ty- Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Let's see if my team of Cam Newton and Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, and James Conner, God forbid, let's hope he gets back in, can survive. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, we've we've been hearing this comparison to Cam Newton a lot, and I think we're, you know, that would be great too if Josh Allen could could get his accuracy to to where Newton's was, you know, where Newton's is when Newton's on, you know, he's a he's a top flight quarterback. Obviously, he hasn't been on the last few weeks, but over the you know over the eight years he's played, you know, when he's on, he's tough to stop because. He looks to throw first, and he's got that cannon. If, if Allen could develop some accuracy like that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a good quarterback here for many years. Mm-hmm. And he's used to playing in the cold too, because he played up at Wyoming. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he, I can tell. I can tell that the weather doesn't bother him. And that's one thing I'm hope I'm actually really hoping for that in this game that we get this huge blizzard during the game. I don't. I love it. Oh, that would be great. Because <laughs> whenever I think Buffalo in December, snow at Ralph Wilson Stadium, like the Colts game last year. That was awesome. I've seen, I seen the Lions play up in Buffalo three times, and uh, only once was uh, was it a bad weather. The 91 game when um, the Lions won in overtime it was freezing that game. Absolutely frigid, and uh, your your Lions had Eric Kramer as the quarterback. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I know it's before you were born, but if you've ever looked into the the '91 Lions, were a really good team, mm-hmm. and they had Eric Kramer and Barry Sanders, and they went all the way to the championship game. Well, their last um, regular season game was up in Buffalo in freezing weather, and the Lions got the win, and they got them the, the second overall seed in the NFC. And that was back when, um, and this will tell you I know a little bit at least, that was back when Mike Utley gave the thumbs up after every Lions win. That's right. Yeah, that was the season he got he got injured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we're, he's definitely a historian. So, um, let me, give me the keys to a Bills win. How, how do the Bills win this game Sunday? 
Oh my god, it's tighten up these special teams. Uh, the, the only reason the Jets were even in the game this past week against Buffalo was, uh, you know, letdowns on the special teams, kick coverage, and uh, having a field goal blocked. You know, just, uh, you know, people forget special teams is a, is a very important third part of the game, and it could cost you one, and it cost the Bills last week. So, the special teams. Uh, number one, number two, they're going to have to put it in the end zone when they get their red zone opportunities. They can't be like the Cardinals and settle for field goals and missed field goals. They have to take advantage of their opportunities to score because I think Buffalo matches them really well defensively against Detroit. I think Detroit's going to have a hard time scoring points up there. So if Buffalo can punch in a couple of touchdowns, in fact, I'll say it, if the Bills score three touchdowns, they're not going to so they score three touchdowns, they'll win, okay? And, Definitely. And uh, let's see, my keys to the Bills win, score points. The Cardinals didn't. If the Bills can, perhaps you could see a victory. I do think it will be a defensive game because just, just, like, last, just like last week, it was a sloppy defensive game. I'm kind of expecting the same this week. Hopefully Snow will be involved in it. And, spe- yeah, special teams, I haven't seen a lot of – Bill's special teams coverage, but if special teams, like you said, is a part of a game that that can make or break you, and if it breaks you, it can break you in a huge way. So, really, I guess um, if they if they can run the ball successfully, whether it's with Allen, McCoy, or whoever, I think they can beat this team. Like like I said last week when I did the solo pod for the Cardinals, if David Johnson could establish a ru- the run, they can win. That really didn't happen too much, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, that, that that tells you that tells you offense. I had never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now give me the keys to a Lions win. How do how does Detroit go to go up to Buffalo and come out with a victory? I think uh, uh, like they did against the Cardinals, and like they've done in the successful games, uh, like when they beat the Patriots who in here. And even when they play competitively against the Rams, it's uh, ball control and uh, tough running. You know, get their running backs involved and uh, possess the ball. And uh, if they if they keep the Bills off the field and the Bills can't get those three touchdowns and, and the Lions should, should be able to pull off the win, so I think ball control offense is going to get the Lions the win. Okay. Yeah, I had said last week, and I'll say it again this week, establish the run. No carry on Johnson, yikes, but if they can establish the running play with Theo Riddick, Zach Zenner, and Angela Garrett Blunt, that will really help. Um, get Galladay involved if they can. If it's if it's too snowy out, obviously the running the ball becomes a lot more apparent. But if they if if it's a night if it's a nice day out, get Galladay involved and Play, play good defense in the red zone. If they can do those three things, I think they will come away with a victory, get the 6-8, and eight, and possibly, I mean, we, we even saw a tweet that I think I retweeted. They're, they're believe it or not, still in the playoff run. Yeah, sure. <laughs> of course, they have to have, like, ten other things happen, 
but yeah, right. it's still possible. <laughs> as as one of our favorites, Lloyd Christmas said. So you're telling me there's yeah. a chance? Yeah. There's going to be a terrible team. Not terrible, but there's going to be a very mediocre team that gets that last playoff spot in the NFC and gets crushed by the Bears in the first game. Yeah, and as we saw last week, Chicago is the real deal. They held an offense that they held an offense that averages in the 30s every game to six. Amazing. It's like the SpongeBob scene. How many points did you get? Six. How many did I need to pass? Six. Ooh, hundred. You needed six hundred points to pass the test. You got six. <laughs> so, score predictions. How? Well, of course, on your time, it's it'll be about one o'clock in the afternoon. And I've actually what I've actually been out west once for an NFL slate. <clears throat> Back in 2013, I have a brother that lives in um, Burbank, California. Now he lives in Reseda, but he lives in Burbank, California. My niece was baptized that weekend out there. So my mom and I went out there. Sunday, I'm watching football at 10 a.m. I'm like, it's morning. I'm watching football. Me like. <laughs> that was... That was the week when Detroit and the Bears were in a shootout and somehow Detroit won. And believe it or not, that game was actually televised out there, which was great. So, about 1 o'clock your time, it'll be about 4 o'clock my time. How, how will this game end up? Bills win, Lions win, score prediction. Yeah, I like the Bills in this game. I think, uh, I think Buffalo went 24 to 13. I think uh, I think the Lions will struggle to move the ball against the Bills, and I think kind of like in Week One when the Lions uh, lost to the Jets, I think that uh, Stafford will throw a couple of couple of picks. Uh, the Bills have very good defensive backs, as you probably know. Tre'Davious White is he's a I mean he's a, a legitimate Pro Bowler, and then on the back end you got Micah Hyde and Poyer. So um, I think. I think that's where the Bills really match up well against the Lions is their pass defense, and they're going to force turnovers, and, and that's going to get them the victory. Well, I, I certainly hope you're wrong about that, but we'll see. I, I, had, um, <laughs> I had actually looked at the defense just now, and I'm seeing Starlo Tuolay, Micah Hyde, Jordan Boyer, so it's like, yeah, they, they are actually showing something on defense. And when I watched the Monday night game against the Patriots, they were actually in the game for three quarters. So... <laughs> As even though they're four and or they're four and nine, if I'm correct, they're yep. even though they have a four and nine record, they at least are showing something. And I'm actually going to say it depends on the weather. If it's a nice day out, I think you're going to see Detroit win twenty four to seventeen, something like that. Another lower scoring type game. I think Stafford will move the ball around without carry on Johnson the running game is going to be hard but if Zenner can get those tough yards and if Blunt can score perhaps you could see a Detroit win if it's a snowy day out I'm going to actually go like 17 to 7 Buffalo and you'll see perhaps Allen or Shady right. run one in for a touchdown there you go so depends on the weather but nice day Lions not so nice day Bills 
know the last time the Pirates played in uh, Buffalo was 2010, and uh, the uh, the Bills were 0 and 8 going into that game and won. <laughs> that sounds like a Lions game for you. <laughs> yes, I'm one of those positive Lions fans, but I even I still know that yes, I'm watching the Lions and. Yes, those things happen. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite moments from the Bills of those days was when Stevie Johnson scored a touchdown and lifted his shirt up. Why so serious? Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. He's a great guy. Oh, yes, definitely. So, with that being said, we go to what we call the most heralded segment on the Tom Green Show, and that is the Rapid Fire Picks. Now, this is the first time you've been on the rapid fire picks, but if I'm, but if you know how it goes, there's this time we have a nine game slate. Highest winning percentage at the end of the season wins a small prize from yours truly, probably like a gift card or even in last year's case, my drinking buddy Aaron Gosser won a case of beer. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So for a small prize like that, right now as it has been the past four or five weeks. 8.88 is your winning percentage. That's 8 out of 9. Oh. So, yeah, the stakes are high, but you never know what can happen. Just like just like in Vegas, you never know what can happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, have, we are in bowl season, and we have three bowls as part of this week's slate. So, without further ado, we start with the Cure Bowl. New Orleans, Tulane against Louisiana Lafayette. some reason, I think that Louisiana Lafayette's had a history of winning this game and winning this game big. I don't think they win this game big, but I, I actually like the Raging Cajuns in this one. One, because okay. of their name, and two, because they've had a history of winning this bowl. Give me the Raging Cajuns 41-38. But I do agree that Tulane has had the tougher schedule because they had to go up to Ohio State. Even my Even my Wolverines know how that goes. <laughs> the the bowl that's in your own backyard, the Las Vegas Bowl, ASU yeah. Fresno State. Yep, Sam Boyd Stadium, and you know the the champion from the Mountain West almost always wins this game. So of course I'm going Fresno, and I don't think nationally people understand how good Fresno is. Um, I think maybe here in um, in UNLV country we get to see Fresno every week, but they're deeper. Top-notch, one of the, I would say one of the five best defenses in the whole nation. And two weeks ago, they went up to Boise and won in a snowstorm. And you know how hard it is to win in Boise on that blue turf. And Fresno did it. Usually, and, um, yeah. Usually in Boise, love, the only green you see is the puke that comes from the opposing sidelines. Right, exactly. <laughs> Pretty close. So I like Fresno in this game. Now Arizona State. Um, 
consistent for me. They turn the ball over a lot. I, but I love Coach Edwards, you know, because they play to win the game. But um, usually you get like the fifth or sixth best Pac-12 team down here. And uh, they're not motivated at all. And the Mountain West team all, almost always wins. So I'll take Fresno. I think that ASU will be more motivated than you think because of Coach Edwards. But, as you had said, Fresno, um, not a lot of people know about Fresno outside of the Mountain West. Um, And unlike how I thought of Fresno State, they actually have defense. Because when I think Fresno State, I think back to Derek Carr and that shootout they had against San Jose State where, what was the final score, like 62-59 to or something like that? Just crazy ridiculous. <laughs> but of course, when you think Herb Edwards, you think of this. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Because it matters. That's why I think they will have more motivation. But when ASU has come up against teams like Washington Fres- or, and now Fresno State that have been to that next tier, like the, champ- the championship yeah. tier, they have fallen. Give me Fresno 34 34- 31. I will. <laughs> now we have the Camellia Bowl. Georgia Southern against Eastern Michigan. The Camellia Bowl? Yeah. I had to look that up because I was just looking at the games and seeing that it was a one-point line. But, yeah, the Camellia Bowl. Okay. Georgia Southern and Eastern. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't know who's going to win this game. Like, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll take Georgia Southern. I like their offense uh, throughout the season. I've, I did, I did, um, I did win on Eastern Michigan over Central Michigan earlier in the season. Um, but you know how bad Central Michigan's been. Um, so, and then these these Mac schools, it's, they're so hard to pick bowl games because, like, you think. Well, it, it's about the conference, but then you know, every year they're like three and three or four and four in their bowl games, so you don't know which one's gonna pan out. I'll take Georgia Southern, even though don't ask me, I'm not a genius on the subject. <laughs> yeah, this one I only picked it because it was a one point line. Eastern had to beg to get in a bowl despite being seven and five. I think that can that tells us a lot about about the Mac. Uh, Georgia Southern, I like the triple option offense. Always have. Always will. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I've made. S- I can't. I'm gonna. I am gonna make this joke on air because, as I said to one of my friends, sex is cool. But have you ever watched Triple Option offense? <laughs> oh, that's immoral. <laughs> one of those memes, like I had said. I like memes. Uh, give me Georgia Southern in the Triple Option offense. Twenty-four, fourteen. Lower scoring, fastly moving, uh, Georgia Southern. 
Now we're moving on to the NFL, and hopefully, and I think we all know about these games coming up in the NFL. Yeah. Thursday night, Chargers, Kansas City. It's, it's great when you're not playing against him in fantasy like I did in week, in week seven. It's great if you're not playing him in fantasy. Uh, it's, it's a lot worse when you're playing him in reality. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, I, I mean, I like, I like the fact the Chargers play about 16 road games a year, and so that'll help them to be very comfortable in this environment up in Kansas City. But if you remember last year when the Chargers were making their surge late in the season, they had a primetime game up at Kansas City and Rivers, I think, through three interceptions. And and that was against an Alex Smith-led team. So I'm real good. I'm real confident uh, the Chiefs are going to win this game clutch the division. Uh, so so the guy I'm playing in playoffs, like I said, has Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. He also has Melvin Gordon, but on his bench because he was hurt last week. Right. So I kind of hope that Melvin Gordon as a game time decision plays and he and he's and he de- is determined that after lock so that the other guy can Jin can just be sour the entire game as he's got Gordon on the bench. But give me the but give me the Chiefs at home. If this were at if this were at StubHub Center, I'd actually go with the Chargers, but since it's in Kansas City, give me the Chiefs close 34-31. Higher scoring because it's the Chiefs, but I think the Chargers make it close, but like I said, Chiefs win. Saturday night, uh, according to El- Elton John, it's all right for fighting Saturday night. Cleveland, Denver. Yeah, I like the Browns in this game. I think I think uh, there's there's two things I love about the Browns this year, and number one is their offensive line play is fantastic. Uh, a lot of people are raving about Mayfield, and he's good. You know, Mayfield's playing real well, and Chubb's playing well out of the backfield, and Duke is doing what he does, Landry. But the best part about this team right now is their offensive line play is outstanding. I mean, they average over four yards a carry. Um, Mayfield hardly gets touched, and that's the big difference between him and, um, you know, watching Rosen and Allen run for their lives. And then the other thing I like about uh, Cleveland is their defensive line. Uh, and this is where I think they're going to be much better than Denver because Denver's offensive line is terrible. And uh, Keenum cannot overcome a lack of weapons like he proved in San Francisco last week. So I like the Browns, I'd say, 23-10. to 10. Okay. Uh, yes, that's one, of the, that's one of the things that has been looked over from this Browns team is even when they were struggling under Hugh Jackson – they were av- they were averaging four, five, six yards a carry. It was just because they were falling behind so much, so quick that they had to resort to passing. So now that they're actually decent, and as my Ohio drinking buddies have now said, they're actually looking like a professional football team. Uh, Cleveland might actually go into Denver and win this game, and 
as for Denver, if your leading wide receiver is Cortland Sutton, that tells you all you need to know about That's the Broncos. Problem. Give me the Browns. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. 31-17. Arizona-Atlanta, Battle of the Birds. Oh, God, this game, I, I, don't, I don't even know if I'll, if I'll watch the highlights, for goodness sake. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I feel, you know, I feel bad for the Falcons. I thought they were, or I, I guess I have to say Falcons. I get, whenever I post about the Falcons, they, they're, they're, um, their people always get on me for my accent. But uh, anyway, I like Atlanta in this game. Uh, I feel bad, like I said, I feel badly about how their season has turned out. Uh, I think, um, we had high expectations, but they've had so many injuries on the defensive side of the ball. You know, when that defense is healthy with Coach Quinn, they're 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 a competitive team. But um, boy, it's been a rough season. I, I and I, the Cardinals are playing for that number one draft pick. I think at this point, so um, I'll take I'll take the Falcons uh, thirty to seventeen. Yeah, if Julio can get over 100 yards in a touchdown, like I'd say, because he's on my fantasy team, that'd be amazing. And I think that can happen despite having him... I think he will. Uh, ...having him go up against Patrick Peterson. Give me the Falcons at home. Uh, handily, yeah, I like handily. 34-20, maybe 34-17 even. Yeah. That's the thing about the rapid-fire lines is that you can get really good games or really bad games. <laughs> At this point in the season, <laughs> Tennessee and the Giants. Yeah, I like the Giants in this, this game at home. I, I like the way they've been playing. I think this is what Coach Shermer wanted to do uh, from the get go, and it just just took time for him to to develop. I think um, I think Manning understands his role a little bit better now. That this is going to be a run first team. They're going to they're going to ride Barkley and when you when Barkley is a tremendous talent isn't he I mean he's one of the yes. best running backs coming out of the draft I've ever seen in my life I mean he's fantastic people have criticized the Giants for their Saquon Barkley pick but he has shown that mm. he, he he deserved to be picked number two. Oh, good he's fantastic and so the Giants so Manning might not be the long term answer maybe they'll get a, a quarterback in here next year uh, to replace Manning, but grabbing Barkley when they did and when they could, I think it's going to. I think especially if uh, you know if the if the uh, Redskins and the Eagles take a step back next season, I think the Giants have a shot at winning that division already next year. So I'll take the Giants in this game. I, I like Tennessee. Believe me, I, I'm not like uh, anti Tennessee. When they came up to Buffalo, though, they were terrible. And uh, that's the thing that I can't I can't understand about Tennessee is they'll they'll lose to Buffalo they'll struggle against the Jets but they'll whip the Patriots um, and then they'll have Henry run for 250 yards against uh, Jacksonville so it's like I can't I think believe it or not over the last month I think the Giants have been the more consistent team so I'll take the Giants 20 to 17. Okay, very interesting point especially is that that's kind of how the Lions have been too. Beat New England, beat Green Bay, but lose to the Jets? <laughs> this does not make any sense. As for Tennessee, like it said, beat the Patriots, but, but lose to Buffalo? Um, 
I think the Titans are really fighting for their playoff lives, and I think they will show up in a spot where they need to. It might, it'll be closer than people think, uh, taking your word into account for that. Uh, hopefully Odell Beckham plays because he's on my fantasy team and he gets like 200 yards and two touchdowns because that'd be great. Uh, give me Tennessee, though, in this game, uh, 24-21. Lower scoring because Tennessee's defense is sneaky good. In fact, I had, I had another fantasy team reference. I had them on my fantasy team last week. I had the Titans and Jags defenses. I'm like, geez, which one do I pick? Low scoring game. I guess I'll go Tennessee. Boy, was that the right choice. <laughs> so I'll take Tennessee in that one. You've got the Giants. Uh, Cowboys-Colts. Oh, man, this is a great game. Holy Lord. Boy. Uh, you know, I like Dallas. I'm, I'm going to pick Dallas, and I'll tell you why I like Dallas. Sure. I think their, their defense is so young that it's a completely different defense from the first couple of weeks of the season, you know. Uh, you probably uh, have noticed this in, in covering football and basketball that uh, in college sports, like, at the start of the season when you play a lot of freshmen, um, they struggle, but by the end of the season, if they're good players, they come together, and, and uh, especially in basketball, you could have a team that struggles in the first couple months, but in the tournament, they could turn it on. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the Cowboys have been. Such a young defense that each and every week they improve. Um, and with, you know, Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch and, and I, I think the, um, I think they'll be able to shut down the Colts and um, get enough points because I think the Colts on the defensive side of the ball just aren't this strong enough. So I'll take the Cowboys uh, 22-17. I think from what last week held with them and with the trade for Amari Cooper, Dallas is on a mission. They're on a mission not only to win the NFC East, but per- perhaps go to championship Sunday. I, um, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I can respect I respect good talent when I see it, and this defense yeah. proved against the Saints that they can do it. And I think that Leighton um, Van Der Esch may very well be your defensive rookie of the year taking over for Sean Lee in a spot like that. Um, mm-hmm. give, give me the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Uh, 31, Colts, 17. No, Colts, 14. This this I defense is going to climb down. Go ahead and repeat that. That was You were a little muffled there. Oh, yeah. I, do say, I would say that I think for defensive rookie of the year it would be Chubb for the Broncos. Bradley Chubb? That's that's a good that's a yeah. good pick too. That would be my vote. Because while Denver's offense has been seemingly inept, Denver's defense has still done its job, especially with Von Miller. Sure. And our last game, well, what would what you'd think it would be Sunday night, but because CBS and Fox can protect the game, CBS protected this one. New England Pittsburgh. Yeah, I like the Patriots in this game. I think I think Pittsburgh is overrated. I think because they're because number one, they are Pittsburgh, and people go crazy over them. <laughs> um, they bring a lot of drama to the 
table, and they, you know, and, and they they do have Antonio Brown, who is just a fantastic talent, and they have this whole Bell thing, and Smith Schuster's great player, and uh, you know, Roethlisberger's good player, but but um, but they're not. I mean, they're not an elite football team. I mean, let's be honest here. They're they're, they're right in the middle of the back of the pack, and that's where they deserve to be. I think New England will bounce off that tough loss and um, and play good football. I think um, uh, you know I think Gronk is getting healthy at the right time. I think Gordon and uh, Edelman are playing playing good on the outside. Um, I thought offensively they played a very good game against the Dolphins last week. They had the brain fart at the end of the first half, and then and then. Uh, they probably got too conservative at the end of the second half, and, and it cost them a game. But as far as team football and who is the better football team, I'll take a team with Tom Gronkowski, with uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski over Mike Tomlin any day, any week, any season. Boy, Tom Gronkowski, that would be a very smart and tall tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Gronkowski. I had to. <laughs> That's a Buffalo name, isn't it? Tom Gronkowski. <laughs> so you're taking New England, and you know, uh, like I, my mother and grandma always ask me, why don't you ever want to watch soap operas with us? Well, one because I'm a guy, but two besides the point, I watch soap operas in the NFL. Just ask the Pittsburgh Steelers. Exactly. <laughs> and. And believe it or not, in week three or four of this year, when they were really starting to roll, I thought to myself, this team is beating New England. Now? This team is certainly not beating New England. <laughs> um, I don't see it. Let's hope that James Conner comes back, another fantasy team play. I had put in Stephen Ridley last week, and he had the one run for six yards and a touchdown, but he, re- he thought, oh, crap, I'm on Tom's fantasy team starting. I better do something, and he scored a touchdown against the Raiders. Yeah. So that was great, but give me the Patriots in this one. Uh, handily, 41-17. to 17. Uh, If Connor plays, he finds the end zone at least once, maybe even twice. Uh, Juju will get 60, 70 yards. A.B. might find yeah. the end zone, but... Uh, give me the Patriots and give them, give them to me handily. So you know what I love yeah. the, the Miami Miracle. We kind of glossed over the end of the Steelers game. With, um, that hook and lateral the Steelers ran, where uh, Roethlisberger hit Washington, and he tossed his fish. Um, was a gorgeous play. I mean, so well designed, it was so well executed. It was one of the most beautiful football plays. He's talking about the. I thought that was so funny, back to back, like a beautiful play and then this disgusting play. Yes, um, and then of course with New England having Gronk out there as a safety, oh, that didn't that work. That was horrible. <laughs> oh, they so, should have put Tom Gronk out there. Yeah, that'd have been something. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, that being said, that is our rapid-fire slate. And as always, I will ask Brandon, anything else yeah. you have to add to this wonderful Tom Green podcast? I will, I will, I will brief you. I don't know if you 
the Lions. In uh, 1972, they played to a tie, their first ever meeting. In that game, but it turned out to be a tie. They played again in 1976 on Thanksgiving Day, and that's when O.J. Simpson broke the rushing record in the old Pontiac Silverdome. They played in 1979, and the Bills won that game um, with two fourth quarter touchdowns, one by Reuben Gant, and uh, the Bills won that game 20 to 17 over a hapless Lions team. That Lions 79 Lions team was so bad they had the opportunity to draft the great Billy Sims out of Oklahoma. <laughs> then they didn't play for 12 years. That's when they played 91 and the Lions won 17-14 overtime. They played on Thanksgiving in 94. You might remember this game from your studies where the uh, Lions won 35-21. That was the first year after the Bills' four straight Super Bowl appearances. <laughs> and Bills fans might remember Russell Copeland scored a touchdown in that game. So that gave the Lions a 35-21 victory. I think a corner by the name of Willie Clay scored on an interception return off Jim Kelly in that game. In 97, the Lions came to Buffalo, and I think the score was 22-13 for the Bills. And uh, Bruce Smith tackled Barry Sanders in the end zone for a safety. That was an early season game in 97. And then in 2002, I was actually at this game, the Bills beat the Lions 24-17. I think Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback for the Bills that day. And a touchdown was scored for the Lions in this game by Azahir Akeem. I don't know if you remember him, but he was with the greatest show on turf with the Rams before he, okay. he joined the Lions. Yeah. 2006, um, the Lions beat the Bills. Now this game I have no recollection of, so I had to look this one up. But the Lions had John Kitna. Kevin Jones and Roy Williams. Oh, the team. glory days of Matt Millen. Oh, those were <laughs> those were the best. Sarcasm, <laughs> fully intended. Yeah, I don't remember that game at all. <laughs> and then 20, 2010, uh, like I told you before, the Bills won oh and eight. Uh, I think your boy Calvin Johnson scored in that game up in uh, Rich Stadium or Wilson Stadium, as you call it. Mm-hmm. And then 2014, the last time the, the Bills played the Lions was uh, the Jim Schwartz revenge game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dan Carpenter kicked a 59-yard field goal. And Kyle Orton was the quarterback for the Bills, and the Bills got the close win. If only the, the Lions had Prater at that game, because Detroit had kicking problems. And if only Detroit had Prater in that game, they would have beaten Buffalo, and they perhaps would have won the NFC North. I remember that game vividly. Vividly. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's definitely a Bills historian. And it, yeah. And as I, I guess I'll ask you anything else you have to add to this show? Nope. You could um, follow me at spot underscore Bills. And uh, I always like to bring up uh, Stanley Cup history, Super Bowl history, and NBA Finals history. Thanks for having me. You bet. So he is Fran and Fat Solari. Follow him at spot underscore bills. And this has been another great edition of the Tom Green Podcast.